Welcome to your winning journey podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Lee. I went from feeling guilty eating the foods I love and letting the skill control me to now helping you overcome this. No matter where you are or what you're experiencing, you can always win and I'm going to show you how. It is now your turn to transform your health, mind, and life. So let's do this together. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today is a special edition because I have one of my amazing clients, Liz, here to talk to you all, all about enjoying the process on your way to losing 20 pounds. And I want to interview Liz for you all because I know that her story is just going to resonate with you, the struggles that she's had with weight loss ever since she was little. And I think it's going to be very helpful for you to understand that when you're on this journey to lose 20 pounds, you can really enjoy the process and you don't actually have to dread it or wait until you've lost all the way to feel super confident. So I want to have Liz on here to talk to you all about that. I'm just going to dive deep into it. And so welcome, Liz. Please introduce yourself. Thanks, Sam. It's so good to be here. Hey, everyone. I'm Liz Walker, business coach for women of color. And I'm so happy I found Samuel. <laughs> I feel like, so my journey in terms of my weight has definitely been, it's been a a ride really. And I think a lot of people can relate to this too, where you just feel like you've tried everything. Like even when I was younger, I remember my mom always struggling with her weight and I would just do like Richard Simmons sweat into the oldies with her or like Billy Blank's tie bow. Like she tried everything. I tried everything. And Yeah, eventually I just got to a point where, you know, I, all these programs just weren't working and I would start them, but then it just wouldn't be sustainable. And also I was someone who was thinking I had to track my calories and had to, you know, track every single thing that went into my mouth. Like I was trying to eat 1200 calories. It was a hot mess. Like where I am, you can't see me, but I am five, eight. That is not, no, I should not even bother to do that. So no wonder I failed at it. (laughs) But yeah, like after like working with Sam now, it's definitely been a journey of feeling more comfortable with food and also really changing my relationship with sweets. Cause I used to be someone who was like, oh, like I have such a sweet tooth. Like there's nothing I can do about it. Like it's my one fatal flaw, but then like actually realizing that, oh, I, I mean, I like sweets, but it's not like the end of the world if I don't have one. Um, so it's been, a, it's definitely been a wild ride, like definitely feeling more comfortable in my body um, now and realizing that I've never really felt comfortable in my body. Even when I was at my lowest weight, like I still thought I needed to lose weight. I still thought I was too big. So um, this really has been like a self-love journey coming back to myself, loving my body and loving food and feeling really healthy, like having a healthy relationship with it and a healthy relationship with 
like movement and moving my body and being active. Like, I feel like I identify as kind of like an active person now. So yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And I think that would have spun your beginner brain out at the very beginning for sure. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. And so I think like the number one question that I often hear is, especially when you're struggling, right? Like when you're trying to lose weight for a really long time and you're just like, I feel like I've tried everything, but nothing is working. What were the things that like got you to, try try it again because I know you've tried a lot of things right and then it was just didn't turn out to like how you wanted and so what was that little voice in your head that was like hey we should give this a shot or like we should try it again this might be different like was there any kind of dialogue going on because I know a lot of people get to a point where they're like I don't know if I want this anymore like I'm about to give up because I can't find a solution and I know I was there at one point until I figured it out how to make this a lifestyle. And so I just think it'd be really interesting for you to just like tell the audience. Yeah, for me, it, this last time, it was really just kind of realizing like I was basically at my highest weight ever. And so when I saw that, that to me was like a a shock. It was just like, oh, like if I don't start figuring this out now, it's just going to get worse, <laughs> especially too with thinking about like starting a family in the future, like with my fiance and things like that. Like I really just didn't want my weight or um, like my eating habits to be an issue, like when life started happening and I was, and I'm getting married this year. And that was another thing that I was thinking about, like, I don't want to be stressed out about how I looked Um, or my body or trying to do like some crazy diet while also dealing with wedding planning and a business and a nine to five job. So um, it was really just kind of like a, okay, you know what, it's, (laughs) let's get some personalized help here. Um, It was just like, it's now or never. It's it's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. And I really like that you brought that up because I think one of the things that got me going was I was like, am I going to track calories for the rest of my life or am I going to do something different about this because either either way right like whether it's the diet or or the sustainable way I was like I'm still going to be uncomfortable no matter which path I take but which path do I see myself like five to ten years from now and I'm like you know what yeah we're not going to track calories we're just going to throw my fitness pal out the door because I'm not going to be tracking calories when I'm on vacation anyway so it doesn't count right (laughs) And so I think it's really interesting that you said that. So if you're listening and you still feel like it's bothering you, like your weight is bothering you and you're almost at the edge where you're like, I don't know if I should keep going. There will be a time that comes that will remind you that this is really what you want. And that's what I'm getting from you, Liz, is like there will be certain events that happen in your life, whether it's a wedding or whether it's a vacation coming up that will get you to snap out of like that ability to make the change that you want to you want to do so I think that's important for people to hear because a lot of times you get tired of your own shit and you're like I'm just gonna do something about it (laughs) right it was definitely like I just I need to figure this out and I feel like I was also in a headspace where I was like okay I know there's no such thing as like a lose weight fast type of pill or whatever so like I at that time earlier this year like January I was mentally prepared to just be in a journey. Like I was mentally prepared for this to take months. I was like, I'm in this long-term, let's do this. I love that. And I think that it's actually the reason why like the title of this podcast episode, it is what it is because 
because you expected that this was going to be different or that this is not going to be like some sort of fast like shortcut like you didn't have that expectation of like by this week I should be this way and I should have this much progress by now which I think is the number one killer for a lot of people when it comes to the weight loss journey because you're just like well I have this high expectation now like I haven't reached it and so I feel like I'm doing something wrong and so I might as well just stop because like I feel like I'm never gonna reach that and so of course like we're gonna go deeper into your wins but was there anything that you can offer to the audience where it really helped you to just be present in the journey and just not like let yourself get a, get away with like having those high expectations, holding yourself into it to the point where you're just like, I, I don't want to do this anymore and makes you feel like super unmotivated? Yeah, for me, I really went into this with an understanding that the entire weight loss industry is a sham. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? If they've been lying to us our entire lives, which they have, y'all, um, you know, maybe my progress won't take as long as I fear, but is it, it it's not going to look exactly how the weight loss industry says it's going to look. So I came to it with an open mind of like, how could this be good and enjoyable and different and that's exactly what happened because so many things happened that I that just blew my mind that I didn't even expect and some of it I was just thinking like damn like did they even tell us this in biology class or anything yeah yeah I was so (laughs) surprised (laughs) yeah yeah no I I like that that's so true it's like you have literally nothing to lose because you've never tried it to do in a way that you enjoy literally you haven't and so I think this was a really great opportunity and also like journey for you to realize that you didn't suck at losing weight or you didn't suck at taking care of your body it was just more of like you were reading the wrong manual right (laughs) that wasn't made for you and so that's that's really interesting for just you to say that because I also felt the same way in at the beginning of my journey and so I kind of want to go into like your body confidence because I remember when you started, you were really mean to yourself when you look in the mirror. Like I can still pull up the notes that Liz had about what she was saying about herself. And I know that like your self-esteem about how you looked in the mirror just wasn't at like where you wanted to be. And so can you just explain to the audience, like, how were you feeling about your body then? And like, how do you feel about your body now? And what changed between the two? Yeah, I was very mean to myself, y'all. I would call myself like a hippopotamus. And even though I would do it in like a joking manner, it still was really low-key problematic. But like when I would look in the mirror, I would feel just like not my best self. I would feel like I was just like bloated. And I just, you know, I just looked at everything on my body as an issue, especially like my stomach. Like I look at my stomach, like, oh, I have a gut, you know, things like that, that just weren't helpful. Um, And really, even though I was kind of trying to be jokey, jokey about it, it really spoke to something about how I actually felt about myself. But now it's, it's completely different. Before I would avoid looking at myself in the mirror when I was naked. Sorry, y'all, this might be TMI. But, But now, like, I do not mind looking at myself. And as a matter of fact, I do some poses too. Like, I think I look fly. <laughs> but it's just like, when you look at like your body, you start to just get like a, I don't know if the word is like getting accustomed to how it looks, how it's like a body. And 
also understanding that the things you see on like Instagram and, you know, all these images that have been poured into our head about what, you know, a sexy body looks like, how they're not, most of the time, they're not actually real bodies. Like people put their bodies in certain poses or they have these body types that are just like what 2% of the world have, right? So really kind of just looking at my body with more like love and compassion for it and looking at it more um, really helped to just add on the self-love and like allowed it to grow like piece by piece, like a little at a time. And as I started to see changes in my body from being consistent to, I was noticing like, like, oh, like my body is changing. And then that would make me feel like even better about myself, not that, you know, it should be connected to your body changing, but, you know, as you go through this process and you make a commitment to like yourself, to your body, to try and take better care of yourself and to listen to its needs. And it feels like it becomes more of a, like a relationship that you have with yourself. And as that relationship grows, you feel differently about your body. And then as you notice it changing, because you're taking care of it more, you feel better, you have more regular bowel movements, like (laughs) you start to feel a lot better about your body overall. So I now I feel way more comfortable in my own skin. Like I notice when I walk around now, I'll notice like, oh, I'm sucking in my gut. Why? And I just like let my stomach loose and you just like little things like that, that you just don't notice that you've done for years. And then as you start getting more comfortable in your own skin, you just start letting go of these habits. So it's been wild. That's so good. I think like if I can go back and just reverse engineer, like what got you here, right? I think the main thought or like the mindset that you had that I remember you had like such a big breakthrough when we were on our coaching call was like my body is allowed to fluctuate. And I remember you were like, oh my gosh, Sam, like, that's true. Like, like if I step on the scale and the scale goes up and sometimes it goes down, like that's normal. Like my body is allowed to fluctuate because I'm a woman. I have periods and hormones and it's not the same cycle every single month. It's going to be different every single week. And so why am I expecting myself to look and feel the same about myself when my hormones and my body is not doing that? And I think like when you when you recognize that you became more, I think, like nicer and have more self-compassion about what you can do for your body versus like what your body can do for you. And I, I can really see you like feeding foods to help you stay more energized versus picking foods that maybe didn't make you feel the best. And you started having more fun with exercise because you you were seeing it as a way of like, let me see like how capable my body is. Let me see how strong I can do this. And let me see like how much more reps I can push myself. And I think like when you started playing in that like arena, like you started proving to yourself that, wow, like it's, it's so much more than, you know, having like a slim, thick, like, bigger. (laughs) Yeah, that's 100% true. That moment I realized I was like, oh, like my, like the scale is supposed to fluctuate. Like your body is supposed to, the weight is supposed to change because that it's a living organism. Like it's doing its thing. It's pumping your heart. It's moving stuff through your digestion. Like it, it's not, it's not held by this standard of all because we believe in society that your weight should only be going down or staying the same that suddenly your body is going to change what's been designed to do to keep you alive for thousands of years (laughs) 
yeah, that moment really opened my eyes. Like, wow. That's crazy. And I I even just want to say, y'all, like when we first started, Liz really wanted to get comfortable wearing a two piece bikini. And I remember like a bikini didn't even cross her mind. And if you follow her Instagram, she did post it on her story wearing a bikini. And so can you tell everyone how that feels? (laughs) That felt really good. It was so funny because I was with my friend and I was like, oh yeah, take a picture of me. And then I saw the picture and I was like, oh, this is a nice picture. And I noticed myself feeling like really nice about myself when I looked at it. And then I was like, oh my God, am I going to post this to Instagram? And I was like, I am, I'm posting this to Instagram. And I did. And then everyone saw it. My mom commented. She was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you look so good. I was like, oh my God. But it was, it really like never in my life have I ever done that? Like worn a two piece and posted it to social media. Yeah. Like, never mind just wearing a two piece period. And then taking a picture period, but then posting it for the world to see, like mind you a story. So it's down now, but still it, yeah, it was insane. That was a huge step. I remember <laughs> yeah. seeing that and I could see like, Oh, she is so confident. Like it's, it's starting to show. And I also want to like, go back to the body confidence part because I feel like what contribute you to show up in that way was actually being focused on the small wins on a weekly basis because I remember like asking on the call like what are some wins and we would do like these every like six week check-ins and Liz would have like this big uh, list of like wins and I remember looking at it and I was like this has nothing to to do with the scale or the body it was like I'm getting better at like not snacking. Like I can control myself when I'm eating sweets. And it was like, I'm planning my meals and I'm just moving my body by just walking. And I I remember like at that time, like just you putting those wins down and you celebrating yourself was a really big deal because that was actually what showed like how you felt about yourself from the outside, right? Because you were so confident in the decisions you were making daily that it finally showed up like how you look in the mirror and like how you would show up in public, even in your relationships too. And so I I just want you to like talk more about that because oftentimes, like, of course, when you're in this weight loss journey, it's really easy to get stuck in the, um, am I doing enough? Like, is, is this even worth it to celebrate? Like, I remember this one time you're like, should I even celebrate this? It feels too easy. Like, I don't know if this is like supposed to be celebrated. Yeah, it was, it was just interesting to see all the different little mini wins I hadn't even taken into consideration. Um, and the crazy thing was, is that even though I came into the program because I wanted to lose weight, the things that were starting to change were things that blew my mind even more because they were things that I didn't think were possible. Like one thing that I remember, one of the biggest things that blew my mind was like, I was like, Sam, I always get eat like snack at like three o'clock, like that 3 p.m. time, like it just gets me at work and I'll snack on cookies or whatever. Um, And then, you know, (laughs) you were just like, well, you know, Liz, you hadn't eaten in five hours. So maybe that's why your body was just hungry. And I was like, what? My body was just hungry. Are you kidding me? And so that even just beginning that journey of listening to my body's hunger signals that I didn't even really know I had. Like, I was like, wait, I'm supposed to wait for my stomach to growl. Isn't that bad? And then, yeah. Like starting to do that and then noticing, oh, 
I could wait until my stomach growled and it wasn't painful. It was just like a signal. And then realizing, okay, I actually don't want, don't like eating lunch early in the day, like 12 o'clock. Like that's not when I'm hungry, even though it's typically quote unquote lunchtime. Like that's not when I'm actually hungry. So then I started eating later lunches. And then I noticed I didn't need a snack in between lunch and dinner, like just little things like that, where I was literally just basically terrified at first to listen to my body because for some reason I thought that I would die and then like noticing that as I was listening to it it was like working like it was responding to me and then it kept giving me signals because it was like oh okay you're listening to me now so I'm going to give you signals that was wild (laughs) yeah yeah I remember when I told you that you're like I don't know this is like a thing Sam (laughs) You're like, you're like, how do I know when I'm hungry? How do I know when I'm full? And I think that's where it gets super confusing when it comes to intuitive eating or just like mindful eating, because when you're so used to dieting, like you don't even listen to your body. You're kind of like, let me see like what I am allowed to eat. And then you kind of go with those. And then you kind of have this blacklist of like, these are the things I can't eat. And then you just kind of go from there, but you're never asking yourself like, wait a minute, like, do I want to eat this? Am I even hungry? And is this going to fill me up a few hours from now? And I think like when you took the time to just pause and think about it, it got you to be more like, wait, like I can trust my body. Like I I actually know when I'm hungry. I actually know when I'm full and I don't have to keep tracking calories for that. So like talk about that experience because I know like you did not like tracking calories. And so like, how does it feel to not track calories and still have portion control? It's, it's, I don't want to say wild because I've said it like a thousand times. So it's wild, honestly, y'all. <laughs> like, Cause I was, I used to be that one on fitness pal, like being like, okay, let me plug this in. I even tried different apps where, you know, they didn't have you quote unquote track calories, but you still had to like track colored foods and all this other stuff. Um, so changing from that and like trying to figure out calorie counts to now where I just eat and I'm present with my food, which is a big thing I had to learn and get comfortable with. And then like just noticing my fullness. And at first it seemed really foreign to me because I was just like, well, you know, what if I eat too much or too little? I don't know. I'm afraid. (laughs) But then like, as I tried it, it would be like, okay, you know, I'm going to eat until I feel comfortable and then see how that goes. And especially as I started slowing down with my food, because y'all, I used to just shovel food into my mouth. I had no idea how how fast I was eating until like one day I was having dinner with um, my fiance's uh, family side of the family. And I, I noticed I had cleaned my plate and they were all still working. And I was just like, yeah. I, it was definitely learned behavior from my family and how we used to eat, um, when we all lived together. But I really just started like actually tasting my food. Like y'all, I was so mad to find out that I'd eaten so much good food in my life and never actually tasted it. <laughs> like I put my, I put the food in my mouth and I let like the breeze, the fragrance from the breeze of it rushing down my throat be what I tasted instead of literally tasting my food. <laughs> like, and then as I was tasting it and slowing down to actually enjoy it, I realized I could sense like my fullness and I was like actually not finishing plates. So that was pretty wild to me because I was like, wow, like how much food, extra food have I been eating just because I was eating it so fast and I even tasting it. 
And then of course, if you're trying to track calories and you're like, oh, I need to stick to 1200 calories or like, you know, 1400 calories or something like that. And you eat quickly, you're really not going to taste anything and you're going to be sad. And that's what I was. I was sad. (laughs) This is completely different now. That's, that's really interesting because do you remember when I told you to be present with your food and you looked at me like I was psycho? Like you were like, Sam, what are you talking about? So I'm supposed to just stare at my food and like just eat it and not have any TV on, no nothing, just just the me and the food. And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah. And then, and then, and then you want to go do it for like two weeks and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I understand the difference now. Like, I think that's really interesting. I was so confused. I was like, wait, what do you do though? And you're like, I just eat my food. I have a, a moment with it. I'm like, I was like, okay. But it was, yeah, it it was, it's definitely different. It's much different now. Yeah. And so when you are listening to my podcast, y'all, and I tell you to be present with your food, like that's actually what I tell my clients to do. Okay. Like, because I do the same thing too. And it really works. Like, if you don't want to track calories, that's how you stop tracking calories forever. It's just being really mindful and pay attention to your food so that you can tell when your body is signaling you a cue that's like, hey, you're, you're full, like you're good, like you don't need to eat anymore. So like, I know we're on the topic of food. I want you to talk about your relationship with sweets because I remember you were like, I can't beat that girl, Sam, where I could walk past sweets and not eat the whole entire like cookie batches sitting on my kitchen counter. Like there's got to be a way where I can just go past them or be able to eat them without finishing everything. And you had a really big sweet tooth. And now you barely eat any sweets whenever like I look at your food pictures, like barely and you don't crave it anymore. And so I want you to talk about that because I know someone listening is like, I have a sweet tube and that's the reason why I can't lose weight. Yeah, that was, that's one that was 100% me. I was just like, it's impossible. Like me say no to a cheesecake, a scoop of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, get out of here. But literally what happened was I stopped going to, I stopped demonizing sweets in my head because that's what I was doing. Like I was indulging in them to excess because to me secretly it was like, oh, well, this is forbidden. So, you know, I can't do this often. So because I can't do this a lot, I got to take advantage of every opportunity that it comes and just eat a bunch of it. So to me, it felt like, oh my gosh, like I can't say no to sweets. And like, we even kind of discovered that I had built up a habit of just eating sweets. And because, you know, it was a habit, I just didn't even think about it. I was just getting them and just thinking, oh, I'm just going to get it because I can't resist it anyway. So let me just get it. And as I get it, let me eat a lot of it because I'm going to start over again on Monday. (laughs) So it was just like, it was just this bad cycle I was in. So Honestly, the, and it seems counterintuitive y'all, but what really stopped the cycle was first to stop demonizing the sweets and make it known to my brain. Hey, like you can have sweets whenever you want. You're an adult. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with sweets. And I was just like, oh gosh, well, if I believe that, then won't I go crazy and you will just find me like freaking dazed and confused, laid out somewhere under like a pile of cookies And honestly, that's not what happened. (laughs) I had my sweets when I wanted them. And because my body was accustomed to, you know, if it, if like my body wanted it, if it felt like I wanted it, then, and I would give it to myself after a while, my body just stopped kind of craving them because it was just kind of, it just felt like, 
I wasn't gaslighting myself. That's what it felt like. It felt like it was true for me, like truly true for me that I would let myself have as many sweets as I wanted when I actually truly wanted them. And when I actually, you know, showed that through my actions, I believed myself that it was okay. And overall, I ended up eating less sweets because <laughs> as it turns out, I didn't actually really want them that much. They just seemed just so forbidden and sexy because I felt like I couldn't have them. Yeah, that's so good. And that's a tip that I actually want to give the audience. It's like, if you have a sweet tooth problem, right? And you think that you can't lose weight because of your sweet tooth and you really resonate with what Liz is talking about is basically, if you want to get out of that cycle, just schedule your sweets. And when the time comes, eat it to prove to your brain and your body that like, hey, if I want a sweet, I can always have it. And then eventually you get to a place where you're like, I actually do not want this sweet, even though it's scheduled out as part of my quote unquote meal plan. Right. And then eventually you just start fading it out and you won't even think about it anymore because you've gotten to the point where your body, your brain is like, okay, if we want sweets, we can always have them and she's not going to take it away from us. And so we're not going to even bother that part or throw tantrums because we're going to get it anyways. And I think it got to that point where you're like, I, I get it. We're always going to have it. It's always available to me. If I really want to, I'll stop by Target or I'll just go somewhere to just get my sweets. And you kept like building evidence to yourself that it's always available to you, which I think is where a lot of people struggle because they think that they can't eat sweets until they've lost all the weight, which I think would have drove you crazy because you've done that before. You know that that doesn't work for you. Yeah, no, that that would not have worked for me because when I say I had a sweet tooth, Y'all, Ben and Jerry's would not last a day. It would not last a full day in my house. I would go to the grocery store and buy like the 24 pack, not even the 12, but the 24 pack of the chocolate chip cookies, the ones they make fresh in the store. It'd be gone in less than three days. It was, it was insane. And now it's like, it's whatever. Ben and Jerry's will last a week. <laughs> it's unheard of, unheard of. Yeah. So like now that you're at a point where you feel in control around Swedes, do you feel like you have more confidence around any type of food? Because to me, when I looked at it, I feel like sweets was one of the biggest like accomplishment that you had that really trickled down to like how you felt about other types of foods that you put on your plate. So like because you tackle sweets and you you found that awareness at the very beginning that you know, I can't have it and I don't have to wait until I've lost all the way to have it. And you built those evidence. I feel like you were more motivated or more open to like trying new types of foods, which got you to like cooking more at home than eating out. Yeah. As I, when I could realize I could trust myself with sweets, I was like, oh, I could trust myself with anything. And I definitely started cooking at home more. And one of the things too, that we worked on was I had this like thought that, that takeout was always better than what I could cook. And I realized that's definitely not always the case. Actually, most of the time, it's not the case. <laughs> like you can get some really nasty takeout that's, and it's just definitely not as good as my own cooking. So I, I started cooking more at home, saved a ton of money. Listen, I didn't know that I would come into this program and literally like revamp my finances. Like my credit card <laughs> bill has yeah. a facelift now. I 
couldn't believe how much money I was spending on food. So just going to the grocery store and picking out meals, like not even a ton at a time, but just like planning a few meals at a time. It, I couldn't believe how that simple thing changed so much, like with my eating habits and with my finances. So that, that was huge. That's really good. Let's talk about meal plotting. Cause you just brought it up because I feel like a lot of people have a misconception about it. Like, Oh my gosh, I have to eat the same old thing every single day. And obviously like the, the word meal plan just sounds so strict sometimes. And I just want to say that when Liz was meal planning, she wasn't even planning for the whole week. She'll think about like one or two days ahead of time. And if I remember correctly, you went grocery shopping twice a week just to get fresh food because Liz and her, her fiance love fresh food. They can't really do frozen things, right? That stays in the fridge for a long time. So I want you to speak to that aspect because I think for you, you made you made meal planning so simple. Like you didn't have any drama around it. And it was just kind of like, yeah, like we could just go and buy these things. Like we don't have to worry about whether it's clean food or if it's like bad food that we can't have. Yeah, I would just, we would just go to the store, literally just thinking about, you know, okay, what dinners do we want to cook for the next like couple of days? And then literally just focus on that. So it wasn't even so much that we were aiming to buy like, super healthy quote unquote things it was just we were just planning out what it is that we wanted to cook and most of the time it ended up being you know stuff that was just basic like you know chicken fish we'd even throw in like ground beef and you know other things like that too so it definitely wasn't anything where I had to you know stick to a like a strict meal plan or make like complicated foods with complicated ass recipes with ingredients that cost a thousand dollars. It was like, I'm literally just buying what it is. I know I can cook. <laughs> that, that is really good. I want y'all to hear that. She's only buying food that she can cook. <laughs> and so it's really important for you to hear that because if you're given like a meal plan and that person is very different from, from you, especially because me, I, I eat very differently from my clients. So if I were to give them a meal plan and tell them exactly what to eat for breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they're going to feel like they're on a diet. But for Liz and all of my other clients, like they learn how to create their own meal plan. And it's based off of foods that they already know how to cook. And they have ingredients in the cabinet already. So they don't have to go out and buy a bunch of ingredients that they might only use once, right? Especially because y'all weren't in, in inflation right now. Like we don't need extra ingredients in our cabinets <laughs> that we're never going to use. But like speaking of just meal planning, did you feel like it it helped with your progress? Like for you not to think about food all the time? Because I know at the very beginning, like you, you went out and eat a lot because you didn't know what to eat. Right, yeah. So it definitely helped. Just in like the, the, small, the small ways that, I was cooking my own food, it didn't have as much of the stuff that you get when you order takeout. Like when you're ordering takeout, often it's loaded with like salt, it's loaded with sugar and all this other stuff. You're getting a humongous portion, right? Like now <laughs> for takeouts, it's always going to last me at least two meals, maybe even three, depending on like how big these sizes are, because they're huge, because they want to give you enough bang for your buck. But, you know, when you're accustomed to getting those large portions, it naturally makes you eat more versus like when you're just cooking a normal meal, that's enough for like you or your family, you know, you're less inclined to eat more of it. Like you're more inclined to actually make yourself like a normal looking plate. 
Yeah. And also remember that you started adding like flavorful seasonings too. <laughs> and that helped with your sweets. <laughs> yes, fancy sauces. And I realized that I love playing around with different sauces. So that definitely, yeah, that added some some joy. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to eat like salt and black pepper only. Like I used to do that when I thought that that's what like clean eating or like healthy eating meant. And I was like, well, I mean, this is really plain and it's boring and like you just feel unsatisfied and then you just end up eating like something else because what you cook is not what you like. And so cooking your food is actually not bad um, if you are cooking foods that you like. So if you don't like the foods that you're eating right now at home, it's just because you're forcing yourself to eat something that you feel like you need to eat to lose weight when really you can have anything. You can have the foods that your mom cooked, right? You can have your cultural food. You can have foods that like you like eating at the restaurant but you just want to make at home so that you understand what you're putting into it and you're confident with the ingredients and I think when you started cooking at home I I also noticed that that was helping you learn how to portion in a way that works best for your body versus like letting someone just give you like hey this is what you order like this is how much like you need to eat you're like wait like this is actually not like how I portion for myself so talk about how you were able to do that with your eyeballs because I know there was a lot of trial and error but then now you found a way to know like hey this is how much I'm going to put on my plate and I feel confident that this amount is going to keep me full. Yeah, it was a lot of that I feel like for me came down to like practice um, because I know there were because, you know, I feel like we've all kind of grown up or heard or been introduced to the ideas of like, you know, veggies are half the plate and then the other half is like your meat and, you know, carbs or other stuff, whatever. (laughs) So I kind of already had that in my brain to begin with. Um, but then when it came to like push, like portioning things out, like I would practice with like a half, a half cup, a measuring cup and just kind of pouring it out and, you know, putting on the plate and then, but making a deal to myself, like, listen, if I'm still hungry after this, like I, it's perfectly okay for me to go back and get more food. Uh, but what I ended up noticing, especially as I was slowing down with my eating that the portion sizes were, you know, they were more than enough for me. Um, and so eventually, you know, after using the cup for the little measuring cup for a little bit, just for, you know, rice, it was just one thing I really needed to measure. I realized I could start eyeballing it. Like I could see like, okay, this is usually the amount that it typically is fine for me. Um, but yeah, that and slowing down with my food worked hand in hand. Yeah. And I I just want to spend some time here because I think it's really important Liz said it took a lot of practice. And so I, I really want you listening to this podcast episode to realize that you're not supposed to be perfect at this. And especially if you've been dieting for a long time, you're not going to know how to listen to your body right away. And it's going to feel really weird. And it's also going to feel like you don't even know what you're doing. But that's actually how you get to know what to do. And you become more confident at it. And so I feel like you felt confident in this journey because you were cutting yourself some slack. Like, okay, I've never done this before. So why am I expecting myself to be an expert at this? So let me just try and see what happens. And then from there, let me refine it and adjust it so that it works for me. And I really like how you brought up the point where, okay, Sam says, 
gonna try a half a cup of rice because I remember when I introduced that to Liz, Liz like, so you're telling me to make my portion smaller, Sam? And I'm like, no, I just want you to just stay, just make your portion consistent so that your your brain and your eyeballs can kind of see like, oh, this is what works for me. It's like reminding that part of your brain where it's like, oh my gosh, we're just gonna end up eating less and less if we want to lose more weight. It's like telling that part hey, we're just going to try this out to keep the portion consistent, but we have every permission to go back and grab some more if we need to. And I think because you gave yourself permission, you were more excited to try out different methods of portioning out your plate in a way that really works for you. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Because I, and the same with the sweets, like I made that promise to myself. I was like, listen, if you want it, have it <laughs> and just building up that trust with myself just really helped to make the whole thing just so so much more sustainable and so much simpler and it was it made it easier to you know be consistent over months <laughs> which was very new for me so um yeah it, it was definitely definitely a journey of like definitely being honest with, with myself and being like listen you know we're trying this and and we're going to do this. But if you're hungry at all, we're going to get more food. <laughs> yeah. And since like we're on the topic of food, right? Can you talk a little bit more about like having different meals from your fiance or like feeling like you guys have to eat the same time? Because I know that was a, a big like struggle for you at the beginning where you're like, well, if I'm eating and he's not eating, then I feel like we can't connect. Right. Or like you felt like you have to eat the same thing that he's eating um, and all of that. And so I know there's someone out there that's like, well, like, how how am I supposed to like lose weight if like everybody around me doesn't eat the same way that I do? And I think you did such an amazing job. Not I think I know that you did such an amazing job at that because at one point you're like, Sam, I didn't even know that I was talking about Nate so much. Nate is uh, this fiance <laughs> until I started pointing it out. And she's like, I didn't even realize that like I was talking about him about why I'm eating the way I'm eating and why I can't eat at certain times that I want to and so I want you to speak to that yeah it it really was it was really eye-opening because I remember when we had first started I was like oh because I work like a hybrid schedule at my nine to five so some days I can work from home with him and other days I'm in the office when I'm in the office it's like okay if I'm not hungry at 12 o'clock I'm not eating at 12 o'clock but at home, we had kind of built up a rhythm of like eating lunch together and he would eat lunch early. And so I was afraid of just not eating lunch with him and thinking like, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's going to make him upset or I'm not being a good partner, you know, all these crazy things that the patriarchy forces on us. And so eventually I just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it and just be honest and just say, I'm not hungry. <laughs> like I'm not hungry right now. And because he's a very reasonable person, AKA why I'm marrying him, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a problem, but I had built it up to be such a big thing in my head of like, oh, if we're not eating lunch together, like it's going to break our relationship. When in actuality, it was just as simple as, yeah, I'm just not hungry right now. I'll eat later. Like you can eat lunch next to me and we can chat, but I don't have to eat food with you right now. <laughs> it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. I love that a lot. It's almost kind of like you don't have to eat a separate meal from him too. You really don't. But I remember this one time you you chose to eat a home cooked meal and then he was eating his takeout. <laughs> yeah, it was. And it was perfectly fine. It was just like, we don't have to have 
the same meal together. Like, I don't know where I got that image from, probably like some leave it to beaver stuff from back in the day, but it's just like, it doesn't matter. It really just does not matter. Yeah. So since like we're in the topic of relationships, right? I know there were like just a little few times throughout your journey where like you would look at other people that were losing weight and you would find yourself comparing, but then you'll, you'll probably snap back and you're like, wait, like I'm in my own journey. Can you speak to the person who is listening that is comparing herself to the, to like anyone that's making progress and like, how did you overcome that? Because I felt like, because you were so present in your journey and you were like, every single week, I'm going to celebrate these wins. I don't care how small they are compared to like what the internet says. Like, I'm going to use this time to help me recognize that this is so much better than where I was when I was dieting. And I think you living in that made it so easy for you to snap back when you did find yourself comparing like your results of someone or you see someone losing weight that was so much more like, quote unquote faster, right? Because we don't really know what people are doing and we don't know how they feel doing it. And so can you talk about that? Like, how did you deal with comparison? Yeah, and that last part that you just said really like hits the nail on the head where it's like, we don't know how they're doing it. And to me, it was just like, yeah, I could see someone who was um, technically losing weight faster, but I could see how they were doing it. And I was like, there's no way I want to do it like that. Like, it's not worth it to do it like that and just be an extra five pounds lighter. Like, it's just not worth it to me. Um, So it really just goes back to like, you know, it's your journey. And like, however you are on your way to the goal is like, it's how you'll be at the goal. So if you're doing things that you hate, that feel super uncomfortable, to get to, you know, whatever body weight you're trying to get to, then, you know, is that sustainable? Like, do you want to be doing that long-term? So for me, I felt really good just knowing how obsessed I was with the way that I was doing it. Like how I felt like I was not on a diet and I was still losing weight. And it may not have been like as fast as you see on the internet or even maybe even with people, you know, but like, I knew for me, not gaslighting myself, but I knew for me that how I was doing it made me feel friggin' amazing. And it was like, yeah, I could do this for the rest of my life. So, you know, it's, it's a very personal thing. And I feel like at the end of the day, if you're comfortable with how you're doing it and you love how you're doing it, like that's the best way to help combat that comparison, because you never know what's going on in somebody else's brain. And Sometimes we see people with these results, but if you were to look inside their brain, it'd be a mess. <laughs> and I'm like, we don't want to get to these goals by like triggering ourselves and like forcing ourselves into these boxes, doing things we hate, starving ourselves, feeling like you have to exercise just to eat a candy bar. Like, no, we, we don't want to do that. Yeah. And I think it's something you said really hit the nail too. You were like, you felt amazing. And I think there's like a difference, right? Like this journey is going to be hard. Like it's not easy all the time. It will be hard, but do you want to feel amazing throughout the hard or do you want to feel awful throughout the hard? And I would pick feeling amazing over the hard, like feeling amazing with the hard stuff, right? Because that way, like you're not constantly beating yourself up and you're not constantly feeling like every time the weekends come and then Monday comes around you're like okay I have to try again and it's almost kind of like a beating up cycle over and over 
when you recognize that you're doing that, that means you're feeling awful and it feels hard. And that's probably a sign that you're doing something that you don't enjoy and you're putting yourself in a box that there's only one way to lose weight, which if you listen to all my podcast episode or you follow me on Instagram, you know that there's multiple ways to lose weight and that way is your way. And if you truly believe that that is the way that you can succeed, like everything just falls into place from there. So I think that's just really interesting that you said all that because I know like comparison is really real when it comes to wanting faster results. And I know you you ended up with talking about working out. I want to like dive into that a little bit because I know like that wasn't the most healthy relationship you had to work out. Like you were always kind of like, it feels like a chore. Like it feels like I have to do it in order to like lose weight. Or I feel like if I want to lose my weight, I'm going to have to up the intensity. Right. I want you to talk about like how much your relationship with workout has changed the moment when you stop putting yourself in a box. Yeah. It changed drastically. Like I don't even, and I had such like heaviness when it came to using the words like exercise or working out like there was just so much heaviness and expectation attached to it so I literally started with like you know what I'm just moving like this is just my time to just move my body however that looks like for me today and so really just starting from that place and then when and and incorporating things that I like to do that were easy to me like doing like some yoga and stretching uh, doing walking like easier easier things that were simple like that and then when it came to actually doing like the workouts it was like okay I hate the gym and if I don't have to go to the gym for the rest of my life then I'm I will be so pleased and I didn't have to go to the gym yeah. <laughs> I could do easy home workouts just using like body weight and it just made the process just so much easier because I was like, oh my God, like I don't have to, like I can literally just do this whenever I want. And also doing the workouts and like the strength training, like in the past, I would always be like pushing myself harder. I'd be like, it like exercise felt so heavy because I knew that I would be pushing myself to like complete these reps and like, you know, push myself. It just seemed like such a chore. But when I approached it from this new place of like love for myself and compassion, it, when I was working out, I made a, another promise to myself. that was like, listen, if you don't feel like finishing this set, you don't have to like, this still counts as movement. And that was really huge for me because I had a really rough internal trainer. It was like, you know, you can do one more push up, do it. <laughs> But like now it's just like, oh, you know, no, you don't have to. We don't have to do this. So yeah, 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 that made it really like helpful and easier to be more consistent and switching like the narrative from, okay, I have to do exercise or work out because I'm trying to, you know, lose weight to like, what does this particular movement do for my body? So it's treating movement like medicine. And I remember that blew my mind when I came to that realization, because I was like, oh, I'm literally again, like just with my food, I'm just listening to my body to see what it needs. And like, if I felt like I just needed to like, feel a bit more relaxed, like I'd stick to like stretching and yoga. If I felt like I needed to just kind of like go somewhere or just like get out. If I was feeling too like bound up into work, I would go for a walk just to be like, Hey, you're a free person. You can leave whenever you want to and just go for a walk. If I felt like I had like anxiety in my body, 
like the workout, the body strength, strength training was really great for that. And I'd get some amazing ideas during that too. So it really just reminded me that different types of movement will serve different purposes for your body. So you're just kind of giving yourself what you need in the moment. I love that. That's so good. Like one thing that came to my mind when you were saying all of that is there's a difference between bullying yourself and getting stronger <laughs> when you're working out, right? Like there's there's like a different narrative of, of either you're beating yourself up to like beat last week's record and compete with yourself or there's like this other side where you just get better at doing the same thing week after week and it's just like showing you that your body is getting stronger and things are working for you. Another thing that I want to add to that too is like I felt like you really – just made everything count as a workout like the moment you stop putting yourself in the box it was just like well walking counts like if I'm walking today that counts as a workout if I'm just doing like light yoga stretches like that counts and I think that's a really big deal because oftentimes when we all see the media right like we think there's only one way to make a workout count and a lot of time that includes the gym and maybe you don't want to go to the gym and so you feel like you're doing it all wrong because there's only one way of staying active when it's really not true at all. And I think when you found that routine for yourself, it was so much easier for you to stay consistent. When I was like, Liz, you can walk. Like, it's fine if you walk and like, you could just do the workout that I assigned for you once a week. Like, that's perfectly fine. Like that works. And you were like, oh, well, then, yeah, that, that sounds easy. And like now you're working out three to four times a week without even thinking about it, which I think it's freaking amazing. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. The when I the moment I realized, like, holy crap, like I did that many workouts in one week. I was just like, since when? I don't know. I just felt like this would be fun to do in the moment, and I was like, let me do it. Like I remember, like I took a break from like the strength training, and then I got back to it because I literally, like, I had taken a break from it for like I think like two, maybe three weeks. And then I literally, I could not explain it, but I literally felt in my body, like a sensation of like wanting to do it. Like, it, I don't know, I can't even explain it, but it was just like, I, when I thought about doing it, like I felt like kind of excited, like my body was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I love that. That's how you know when you've made it to the point where like everything just becomes a lifestyle and now you're at a place of just maintaining and you can choose to lose more weight if you want to. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. And so I just really want to end the podcast episode of you telling them like how much weight you've lost and basically anything that you want to leave for the person listening. If like you can talk back to like day one Liz, because I know she was like this, this results that I'm getting right now. I don't think I could do that in six months. And I think you blew your mind the first six weeks and like the like halfway through the program, three months, you're like, wait, I thought it was going to take me years to get here, but I'm actually here now. So I think it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, well, I've lost 15 pounds. And I'm still just like mind blown. I'm like, who did that? <laughs> like, it couldn't have been me. <laughs> so that that was crazy. And if I could go back now to day one, Liz, the things I would tell her too would be, well, the first thing would be, you're right. The weight loss industry is a friggin' sham. <laughs> so continue to trust yourself and move forward. And two, it would be, you love food, taste it, please taste it. Like, let the food liquids that collect in your mouth, like drink the food liquid 
breathe, taste it. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. That's so good. I, I'm just like in all because you did such an amazing job. And currently Liz and I are just working together still. Like she's she signed up for another six months and we're, we're going to really dive into more of her weight loss goals and just maintaining all of the results that she has. And it's just been amazing. And I, I really hope that you all enjoy this podcast episode because this is what a lifestyle look like. Like when your relationship with food changes, when your relationship with exercise no longer feel like a chore and you just feel confident in yourself and your, your ability to make the decision on what type of foods you want to eat and constantly listening to your body. Like that's how you know that it's become a lifestyle and you don't have to think about it. And I feel like you're at that place right now where you're like, I don't really have to think about when I'm going to eat or what I'm going to eat and when I should move my body. Now it's just like, wait, my body's telling me something. I'm going to go do it now. And that can definitely happen for you too. And so Liz, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at the other Liz Walker. Yeah. If you have questions about like my journey um, or, you know, things I've learned or anything at all about Sam's program, feel free to shoot me a DM. Yes, I'll leave her info in the description below. Whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you'll be able to click the link below. But if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, I still have spots available. So this is the six-month program where I help you lose 20 pounds and stop dieting forever. And so if you have been thinking about this or you've just been like on the fence, I invite you to just book a sales call with me through the link below. And from there, we'll chat to see if it's a great fit. But until then, we're going to clock out. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Now, if you want to lose your first 10 to 20 pounds, eating what you like, no diets, no restriction, and build a consistent and confident lifestyle, my one-on-one coaching program is now open for enrollment. To apply, visit www.superlysamp.com. And from there, we'll book a call to see if you are a great fit. I'm so excited to serve you in this program. But until then, I'll talk to you next week.